Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. Today we have our guest, uh, Reggie Walker. Reggie is an ex-NFL player who played for the teams uh, such as Arizona Cardinals and uh, the San Diego Chargers. Um, he's right now an entrepreneur, coach, and a public speaker. And he actually has a course known as the Top Athlete Life, which is about uh, getting people from all backgrounds to basically have the right thoughts and mindsets uh, and like all the experiences he learned from his days at the NFL uh, and how to apply them to their own personal lives. And so the Reggie's had a really tough childhood and adolescence times, but like in spite of all the odds that was against him, like instead of in spite of all the challenges that was that, that were there, he fought back and he became super successful. And I think he is an extraordinary American. And I think that uh, it is good to understand the mindsets and thoughts and actions that he has had in order to help uh, succeed in his life. I believe that this can apply to us as well. Um, so, uh, Reggie, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Reggie, uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to come to this show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, so, uh, Reggie, I know that you are an ex-NFL player. You played for the Arizona Cardinals, for the San Diego Chargers. Um, you're also right now like a public speaker. You're like a coach, an entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got started? Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so just a little bit about me. I, um, you know, I call myself a, a military brat. You know, I lived in a lot of places, uh, you know, across the country. Um, uh, I lived in rural areas, cities, you know, inner city, what, whatever it was. Pretty much, I lived there <laughs> and uh, was a minority, part of the majority. I, I, I loved, I loved that part about my childhood, especially since I got to really experienced how different people live and I got to like experience it firsthand, you know, as far as like being a minority, being a part of the majority, being, having money, having no money. Um, and I, I felt like it really shaped the who I was. Um, and just like you had mentioned in the introduction. Yeah. But growing up was pretty tough. I, um, 
I went through mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, from the age of four to about 12. And, um, I, my outlet was sports, you know, how I dealt with a lot of things was I went out there and I performed on, you know, whether it was baseball, football, basketball, whatever sport there was, that's, that's the one I, I, I funneled a lot of energy into. And then, um, I actually got, I, I was pretty good at football. That's the, where my heart was at. Even though I played, I played rugby. I was really good at rugby too, but, uh, was a pretty decently, uh, big recruit coming out of high school. Uh, I think it was seventh rank linebacker. Uh, going to Kansas state. Uh, Kent State was a pretty tough time. Um, it was just, it was just a lot of you know dealing with the coaching change and the the politics that college sports can provide when you're dealing with the coaching change. That's a big big reason why I only started more. I never started more than half a season in college, but I still uh, got my chance to play in the league. Um, got a shot, made the team with the Arizona Cardinals. Worked my way up to a team captain my third year. Uh, played significant time offense, defense. I mean, on defense and special teams, and then I ended up leaving the game on my own terms. Uh, you know, one of the things that happened that I realized, and which actually led to my retirement, was the fact that I knew that I was dealing with a lot of stuff internally, and instead of, you know using using football as an outlet it wasn't enough at that point I, I needed to really deal with it firsthand so I, I started doing therapy um and while I was doing it that's when I started really writing the game within a game because I I wanted to really do something to help solve the problem seeing so many people try to fail to get to the point where I was at I wanted to help people as much as I could but I needed to get myself together too especially with the abuse so I went and I went did the therapy wasn't enough. I realized that I needed to take it a, a step ahead, a step more. And I went to a treatment center, went there for 30 days. It was actually like save my life, especially since I was so I was depressed, anxious and suicidal from just not dealing with myself and my issues internally in the manner in which they should have been taken care of before. But when you're dealing with that severe of abuse that I had been dealt with, the hand that I've been dealt, it takes a long time to kind of get to, to come to terms with it and actually deal with it. But um, I'm glad I did. And then I ended up uh, getting myself together after that, um, learned some really great key things, some things that I even put in game within a game. And then uh, ended up finishing that. It took me three years to finish that course. Then the course itself, uh, it's actually it's actually gone up to uh, a really great point. Got it college accredited. It's in the Knowledge and Innovation Center and Forest Business School. It's in a couple of universities now. Um, from the feedback that we got from that and uh, some suggestions that we had gotten from people, we actually wanted to make a version not just for student athletes but for everyone because a lot of the information we understood is very transferable to anybody in who wants to have success in whatever path they want to take. So we created Top Athlete Lives, which is basically a, a curriculum for people just to who want to be the top athlete in their lives. It helps instill that 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 
athletic mindset that we've seen and we had ourselves when it comes to being like, you know, in the top 1% when it comes to athletes, but the same mentality and the same mindset that we've seen from people who are entrepreneurs, business owners. And uh, we wanted to teach it to people because we understood that this is something that's very teachable. It's something that's very, it can be very understood. Um, so that's what we're doing now. Yep. So Reggie, uh, how long have you been playing in the NFL for? Uh, like not just in the NFL, but also uh, in college and high school and all that. Like how many years is that total? Uh, four in high school, four in college, then seven in NFL. So 15. Wow. So Reggie, um, what was the driving motivating factor? So I know you've had a really tough childhood and adult time, like a teen, uh, teenage years. What was the driving motivating factor or the why that drove you and pushed you into, uh, into playing football and made you succeed and made you to where you are, uh, or like where you, where you reach today? Well, I, w- I would say that football, football was my American dream. I felt that football encompassed everything that I wanted for my life as far as just like money, as far as just like doing something that I love doing because I love football. I love the art of it. I loved it. Um, um, And then as far as being able to protect, protect my family and live the way that I wanted to live, I felt like football was going to do that. Plus at the end of the day, I felt that football was ultimately going to make me happy. So, because I was, I was pretty, I was pretty miserable for a long, long period of time, especially with all the abuse that I dealt with. But I felt that football ultimately was going to make me happy. Uh, I found out that that wasn't the only thing that was going to, what it was going to take. Uh, later on, I figured that out. But um, that's why I really worked so hard. That was literally my dream, my American dream. Awesome. So what was, what was your overall all arching goal and vision when you were playing football, like for you, for your life, like in the, in the NFL and also like in the college years, what, what, uh, what does it goal and vision and how did you go about attaining it? The vision ultimately was really two things. One, I'm going to be the best player that anyone's ever seen. And then two, um, I'm going to be happy. Like I will attain happiness. Like I will, I will get to that point, like full happiness, like unbreaking, like the constant stream of happiness. Like I'm going to swim in it. Um, as that, that, those were the two goals. And then how I went about it was, uh, a lot of people might think that I'm kind of, I'm not really that organized into a grade. They're, they're kind of right, but it's more along the lines of I, when I have like a certain set, like a set point that I'm trying to reach to, everything that I do is very purposeful to that point. And I'm more along the lines of, instead of just like setting like a set plan, like I'm going to do this and this and this every single day, it's more that that's the focus. And then everything that I'm going to do and whatever pops in front of my way, I'm going to use that to get to that point, wherever that is. Um, but my focus is always there. I, I was very focused in everything that I did and everything that I did was ultimately to just get to that point. So I look at it like you're building a, you're building a ladder to heaven, right? You know, heaven is whatever goal that you want. 
and you have and you have to build your ladder to get to that point. But as far as the materials in order to get there, you don't know where they're going to come from. So you got to use what you have available to you right now. You can't hope and wish that you had steel or you had wood or you had whatever. Like you literally have to use whatever is there now to get to that point. So my focus was primarily based upon that. How can I build my ladder today? What where, where the materials can I use? Like, how can I keep moving up? And whatever materials that I found, that's what I built my ladder on until I finally got to that point. I see. So what was the biggest lesson you learned while playing football over the years? That you can work your hardest and try your hardest and still lose. It's just because you gave all the effort that you possibly could get give life is unpredictable and um all you're literally doing is you're just putting yourself in the best chance to win but that doesn't guarantee that you'll win anyway um you can have the best plan you can have the most resources you could be the most skilled and still lose and you can still lose to someone who doesn't have the resources doesn't have the skills doesn't have what you're capable of it's life has a a funny way of doing things sometimes, but you always have to continuously put yourself in the effort to make sure that you win, um, which is the other part of it too. Even though you can try your hardest and not win, if you, that doesn't mean that you ultimately will lose the entire game itself. It's just, you don't lose it until you actually stop playing. So, so you're also playing a game that you can always keep trying and trying and trying until you win. So until you stop, that's when you're done. So just don't stop until you get to that point and you'll always get there. I see. So, uh, so Reggie, you know, like all throughout, like whether it's like a childhood or adults and so like even in the NFL, like there's a lot of negativity out there, right? Like, oh, we're yeah. just trying to push you back, tell you that you cannot do this, you cannot do that. And so, according to you, what was your biggest challenge you had to face and how did you overcome it? And how did you push back against all the negativity? Because that's, that's the challenge that a lot of people have these days, you know? Mm -hmm. I would say, it's a really good question. I would say my biggest, my biggest obstacle ultimately was myself. Uh, when I look at it, it was, it was myself completely. Um, because no matter how much negativity that I got from anyone else outside of me, it was never worse than what I told myself about anything. Like they could, no one could ever talk as bad, as badly to me as I talked to myself. Um, and when it came to proving stuff to people, I, at first I thought I was doing a lot of things to prove to other people what, that they were wrong about me. But ultimately I was proving to myself that I wasn't shit, which is ultimately what I w was always trying to do this, like prove, I always thought at first that, man, I'm not anything, but then there's also this battle going internally. It's like, okay, one guy was telling me I'm not anything. And then the other person is just like, I am, I'm, I'm way better than this. I'm not what you're telling me to do. I mean, what I am, and I'm going to prove it to you. So it was like, I was constantly, that's the war that was going on constantly within me. Um, and that's the. That was ultimately my biggest obstacle that I had to overcome. I see. Um, so, you know that they say that success is a state of mind and it's usually a process and not an event. But however, a lot of successful people can pinpoint a time or a day when 
uh, a certain event happened or a certain thought process happened. And then from that moment on, they start succeeding. What is that moment for you? I would say my senior year of uh, college. Senior year of college, I, I was playing inside linebacker. My coach said that he wanted to see me and three other guys after practice. And then he told us that we were all switching positions and we were going to be competing for the outside linebacker position. And um, basically, like, it's a competition around whoever, and you guys are going to split time. But um, ultimately, like, if you're going to play, like, this is the only way you guys are going to play. And I remember sitting there um, after that meeting, furious, furious, because one, I felt as if I was one of the best players on the team, especially on the defense, if not the best. And because my coach and and I just did not, he, I don't, I don't know. To this day, I'm not even sure entirely what it was. Besides the, the fact I wasn't extra fruit, but I was just like, why is this so freaking hard? Like, why is this so ridiculous? Like, I'm just trying to get on the field. I'm helping all these people. I'm doing all these things good. I'm doing all these things right. I'm like, and why is this this so hard? And I was like, this is my senior year. I want to go to NFL. I want to win games, most importantly, too. And you are trying to make things so much difficult for me. And I just, and then it, it felt like I just kind of like popped. Like I, instead of just like, I had this thought, you know, like screw them, screw them screw them finally like i'm tired of what they're saying about me i'm tired of what they're thinking about me i'm tired of always trying to prove to them all these things and they're not getting it i'm going to play for me i'm going to play for me for once like i'm not going to sit here and try to prove all these things to anybody else the only person i got anything to prove to anything that any person i got the only person i have to answer to is myself so i'm going to start playing yeah, I want to. I want to help this team. I'm not sitting here saying I don't want to be a team player. I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm not playing for these guys no more. I'm playing for myself and this team, and the players that I know who are battling with me. And I'm gonna lay it all out there, and I'm gonna do it with a smile on my face every day. Like I'm gonna have fun with this. This is my senior year. I'm not gonna sit here if this is my last couple months playing football. Go out on a sour note. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let these people break me because at that point, that's all they're trying to do is break me literally like a horse. So I was like, they're not going to break me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a smile on my face and I'm going to go out and compete every single day, no matter what happens. I'm going to keep this same smile no matter what happens. And I'm going to be myself no matter what happens. And ever since that point, it was like things changed. I started playing differently. I started having fun again with football because I felt like I hadn't had fun um, since my freshman year playing it. Um, this is my senior year. And then that's when I really started coming into my own. And I started feeling like I started being more of a complete player. Um, it was like I felt like I knocked a wall down mentally um, by just not, you know, by just focusing on myself and what I could handle and what I could control. Because up to that point, I was focusing on a lot of things that weren't even in my control to begin with. I started focusing on the right things. So uh, I would say that point for sure. That's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people never get beyond their mental barriers. So knowing knowing how 
you did it. It's like, it's, it's very interesting. So Reggie, what is the what is the one thing you wish you had known before you started playing football? And uh, what would you advise somebody that wants to play, uh, like go into your field, but and is just starting off? Hmm. Uh, this is a good question too. Uh, something I wish I would have known before playing football, I would say the fact that when it came down to making a decision about whether or not where I was going to go play or whether or not I wanted to continue to play it, it. It's my decision. I'm the one doing it. I'm the one that's going to be showing up. It's my decision. It's not your decision. It's not anyone else's decision. It's not TV or media or friends, family, mom, dad, no one else's decision. It's mine because, you know, with football being the dangerous sport that it is with that carries with it a 100% injury rate, <laughs> So it's not an if thing, it's a win thing. And uh, you're the one who's going to plant those injuries. You're the one who, if you have a bad game, might be on ESPN. And you're the one who, if you have a bad game, someone might send you death threats. You're the one doing this job. So ultimately, if you want to keep playing or not, like it's your decision solely. And I wish that I had really... I, I made the decision on my own, but like I just didn't know to the degree in which that this was really completely up to me. Um, I wish I would have known that ahead of time. And then the other part of it is, you know, like I said earlier, that you can really try your hardest and still fail. But you know, when it comes down to that, you're 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 fighting, you're playing a long game there. You're running a marathon. You could trip and fall, but as long as you get up and keep running, you could still you put yourself in a position to win you know it's it's not something that you know this is the end all be all things fail today i'm done like no dude you you can keep you can always keep going back it, it, as long as you don't quit you're still gonna be fine and i think that was another thing that's awesome so you know they say that america is the land of the free and the place where dreams are made do you agree or disagree i agree the world is I agree the world is because ultimately when it comes down to things, it's it things really boil down to you and your capabilities, how well you can use your mind and um, use the cards that you've been dealt um, ultimately because I've, I know rich people that I know people who've grown up in a full of families that haven't done anything with their lives. They ate nothing to really write home about. I know people who have come from nothing that's literally, you know, making big and big, huge moves out here in the world. And when you really understand the, the math equation, you could say of like what it takes to succeed, it's really, you know, you yourself, how well can you use your own resources that you have available and how well can you use those resources to get from point A to B to eventually get to your own Z of where you try to get to in your own life and how well you can really play that game to get there because ultimately it is a game um it's not as serious as people think it is life shouldn't be taken that seriously <laughs> um especially given the fact that you like i said you could try your hardest and do whatever and still fail for whatever reason Shit, you can't take it that serious but it really does boil down to that how well can you play the cards that you've been dealt and there's people who have had worse cars than you that have done more than you. There's people who have had better cars than you that have done way less than you. Um, 
is always about the player themselves. So ultimately, that's what you need to focus on, being the best player that you can be and using what you have available to you the best way that you possibly can. And I feel like in that manner, we're all equal when it comes to that. We're all kind of in, <laughs> we got to play this game and figure it out. So yeah, that's how I view things. Awesome. So uh, according to you, what is the biggest hurdle that Americans face when it comes to realizing the American dream? And how do you think they could overcome that? Themselves and your limiting beliefs easily. It's, it's, it's definitely that. <clears throat> it's, it's that because when you have a, a very limited belief system, when it comes to solving problems, because a lot of this boils down to problem solving, you know, and if you have a very limited belief system about yourself, your capabilities, your availability, your ability to connect with the resources that are needed to uh, make your equation you could say like uh balanced and actually get to your point z or whatever where you're trying to get to um it's your it's your limited belief system um it's it's definitely it's always your limited belief system because like i said there's people who have had less less than all of us that have done more but they believed and then they fought for those answers and they fought to solve these problems and you know they're solution oriented always you know, and we all get to that point where things are so hard and things are so difficult and we don't know what we're going to figure out or, or how we're going to figure out a problem or how we're going to get from point A to B. But ultimately, if you always keep your your beliefs, like it, that belief system is just continuously skyrocketing. Like I, I never let it shut down. I never let it stop opening up. I always keep it open. I never limit myself to what I'm capable of. And I'm always, and I'm always willing to go into the unknown, even if I'm not so sure I'm willing to put things out there, even if I'm sure they'll fail, or I don't know if they'll fail and I'll just get the results and always go back to the table. But you can't put yourself in that whole build, measure, learn feedback loop. If you just have such a limited belief system to begin with, um, it's, it's your own limiting beliefs. This is because it's so easy to just go and listen to everyone, most people around you, no matter where you are, rich, poor, inner city, black, white, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter color, it doesn't matter sex, doesn't matter any of that. But if, if you surround yourself with people and you're listening to people who, who have failed or are too scared to try or, or don't, don't have resources, don't want to have the resources, don't want to look for resources, don't want to solve their problems, they just want to talk about the problems. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to go anywhere. It's not going to happen for you. It's all about really not limiting your belief in yourself. And, and that's ultimately what it's about. So Reggie, uh, you know that American identity is about one of the identities of America is about the pursuit of happiness, right? And Americans are doing whatever they can inspire difficult circumstances to attain happiness. So from your time in the NFL and, and all the lessons you've learned from playing football, how do you think they should go about it uh, when it comes to like attaining their own, like their own sense of happiness? Well, I think the first thing that everyone should do is always under, like when it comes down to it, you have to understand why you want what you want. But first of all, you got to sit down and think about what do you want? 
hey, what do you want and why do I want it? And really spend significant time just on that. Like just, I'll tell people just to write a list of all the things that you want to do. And then next on that same list for each one of those things, write, why do you want it? And go into as bit like great detail, as great as greatest detail that you possibly can go into it. Because the thing that you'll have to understand is you need to understand which which things do you want actually come from you and which things do you want actually come from someone else, something else. Because the things that come from you, that's the purest part. That's the part that you need to be paying attention to. That's the part that really matters to you. Not not saying that, you know, oh, I want this because I want to make my mom happy or make my dad happy or make my kids happy or make my wife happy or whatever isn't important it is but the beliefs the things that you want coming solely from you are usually the things that really are overarching over these things like if you get the things coming from you you can do what you want to help your mom and help your dad and help your kids and help all these other people but those are the purest things those are always going to be the things that are going to have the most energy behind them plus those are that also gets tied into your actual being in itself that's what I truly believe and truly know um, when it comes down to it. Once you have these things written out and you know exactly what it is that you want, the purest form of yourself, then at that point, you need to build a plan. You need to build a plan of how I'm going to attain these things. And just like I said, you know, life is very unpredictable. So you have to have set goals but as far as like how these goals are going to happen, how are you going to get these things? You have to be very open to however these things are going to happen for you. Um, so they're going to happen. You got to believe it, which is the other part. You have to believe it's going to happen because you got to keep your mind open to the possibilities of what's going to, what, how I could get to this point, you know, and it may or may not be how you thought it was going to be. Most of the things that I can tell you that I accomplished or did in my life it was never the process of getting to that point was never how I thought it was going to happen. Um, I thought I was going to, I always thought I was going to play in the NFL, but you know, I thought I was going to be a first round pick be, you know, be there, at, you know, walking across the stage and stuff like that. But no, I ended up actually becoming an undrafted free agent, but it was actually a very big, huge blessing in disguise because unlike me, uh, unlike some other guys, I got to pick the situation I got to go into out of five teams the guys who got drafted they didn't get to pick their situation some people and then the league is very situational you can have you can you know for instance you can go on a team that you know maybe they're they have a one in 11 record and you're a wide receiver but they have like five receivers who are really good they're bad but their receiver unit is good and you need to make the team as a receiver they already have five guys man they don't need you and Therefore, you get you probably get cut, and then you know you may not ever get a shot again. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're good or not. It has nothing to do with talent. It's fact we had everything to do that you just got put in a bad situation. I got to pick the situation I went into. So when it came to making the team, I had the least. I still had the fight battle, but I didn't have some of the battles that some of these other people are going to have, where they have to beat a veteran who's been in a league three or four years, who knows the system, knows the environment of the NFL, has been preparing their body and mind for years already, and not to compete against them for one of the spots. Like, no, I was competing with other undrafted free agents and then um, some other guys that they had put in who didn't have as high as a cap number. 
So, which ultimately was a big, a great benefit for me. Um, so yeah, you have your set goals and you, you, you have, these are the things I need to hit. These are the points I need to hit and you need to. And then when it comes to however these points are going to get hit, you open to it. You have a very set, you have a set plan at first. Like this is how I'm going to go get to this point, but you're always having emphasis on fluidity. I'm going to put this out there, but I'm going to cut, cut, build, measure, learn, put something out there, see how it uh, comes into play. And then I need to pivot as, as much, often as I can until I actually get to that point. Um, and a lot of it is basically, you know, pivoting because, you know, you, you, you have a plan and then God laughs at plans. And then you go out there and put that put that information out there. You put that plan out there, and then you have to go back and figure out a different way of doing it. And then you have to keep doing it over and over and over again. Build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn. Until you finally get to that point. And then once you get to that point, then you're there. But it, that 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 whole process is really what what eats people up and chews them out. Is always having to build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn. Build, measure, learn. No, so this is actually amazing advice because a lot of like a lot of people like a great chunk in America like they're always complaining like they have this idea of what they want but they're not they're they have a victim mentality but what you're suggesting is no forget the victim mentality you need to have a problem solution oriented strategy you have to have a vision you have to have a goal do a bill measure or just like do it so that's actually that's what we need you know this nation right now because a lot of people like they just blaming everything outside of them for why they cannot get what they want, you know? And you're saying the opposite, like, no, get what you want, but you got to go for it, you know? Yeah, and, and and that's the thing, too, when you really look at it. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because it's easy to sit there and be like, oh, the reason why a lot of stuff is happening to me is because of all this stuff outside of me. And you're right. You know, you are right. It is because of a lot of stuff that's happening out there to you. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a solution to this problem that you control yourself. And yeah, you might have to do some very difficult things to solve this problem. But if you're not willing to do anything to solve this problem for yourself, shut up. The, or, like literally, because the thing is too, like, again, there's big people that's been in worse situations than you that have done more than you. And they, they got out of that situation by doing something. If you, Talking isn't doing something. Doing something is doing something. And if you're not going to do something about it, shut up. Because <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is you can change the situation for you, for yourself. Yes, all these things outside of you are making your life worse. For a fact, hell yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's not like you're still breathing. You can do something about it. And unless you're going to actually do something about it, shut your mouth. And just stop complaining because you're just being one more negative person that the world doesn't need. At least to do your part and be quiet. So the people who are actually trying, you don't mess up them because that person who's actually trying to do something could be your friend, could be your husband, your spouse, could be your brother, could be your 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 significant other. You know, don't be one more negative person for them because let these people show you that there's still a way out of this because these people show up, show up in all different avenues all the time. They're here all the time. They're succeeding all the time in all types of crappy, terrible environments that are corrupt and all types of crazy stuff. They're still there and they'll always be there because at the end of the day, when it comes down to success, it's all on you, period. Not anything outside of you, it's you. So uh, 
you know, over the past few years, America has had a difficult time growing the economy. And not just at that, there's been a deterioration in the family unit and also the government. Where do you think America is headed? And do you think we should be optimistic about the future? Where I think we are headed currently, I feel as if at some point, you know, there's going to, there's going to be a reconciliation. I feel as I feel a lot of things are not that they're overblown, but the fact that, you know, you have social media that is constantly pumping out, you know, fear, 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 be scared of this, be scared of that person, be scared of that. And you have access to that at your fingertips constantly. And most people, instead of understanding what the fear machine is in itself, they're going to dive into the fear machine um, because that's, you know, that's how they get you, you know, the fear, 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 be scared of that, be scared of that, be scared of this, because it's going to grab your attention because it's business, it's money. That's what, you know, that's, you, you know, we get paid off, you pay attention to this stuff and you be, you're more apt to be. wish more people realize that, to be honest. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what I realized in the NFL, as far as like when it comes to the media stuff, how how phony a lot of stuff is. It's it's a, it's a business in itself. You know, understand. You know, for everybody listening, that the stuff that you're listening to is a business, and fear and being scared of things is big business. So when it comes down to the actual reality of what's happening, you're not going to know it unless you really go out and look for it. You know, because the, a lot of the media sites aren't going to tell you what what's really going on. They're not going to tell you the good about anything. They're just going to pump the bad. Um, but as far as with everything going on, there's going to be a reconciliation. Things are going to level out. It always does this. It always does this. So this is a constant wave. Everything is a wave. Um, it goes up. It goes down. Um, so as far as like my my view of the future, I'm very positive of the future. I'm very positive of the future. Um, I'm always positive for the future because I understand that even in the midst of all these bad things happening, there's a lot of great things happening. There's a lot of people creating great ideas. I mean, you have great ideas who are out there putting that out uh, for it, 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 for many, for millions of people to uh, have access to it. There's lots of great things that are being created. There's going to be even better things created in the future. Um, and uh, when it comes down to as far as when it comes to being successful, I feel like we're in some of the best times ever to actually become a successful individual on paper, quote unquote, um, monetarily, because there's so many different avenues in which to make money and to get your name out there and to show the world your gifts more than ever before i feel like and there and there's on there's more and more routes being created daily and i i'm very hopeful very hopeful for the future and i really do believe that when it comes down to things i don't feel like we're headed towards the the darker times i feel like we're headed towards more of an like more of an enlightenment towards uh time because sometimes when it comes down to things you have to go through the real the shit wall before you get to like the the beautiful valley, <laughs> yeah, and that's why I feel like we're at. No, yeah, you all such a good. Sometimes you got to get the roof dirtier before you could get it super clean, right? Right, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I know that you've done this uh, course, this college credit course called "The Game Within the Game." Can you tell us a little bit more about it and the premise and what got and the premise of it and what got you started regarding that? Yeah. So, 
the game within a game uh, was a force that the the why behind it force was, um, you know, I like I like I said with my my college career, I I never started more than half a season in college. It was my college career was very tumultuous. I uh, came in under one head coach, he retired. Uh, I had another coach, and then I as far as like when it came to dealing with the political side of sports. I felt like I got my master's PhD, three PhDs and in having to understand that world because when it came to talent, that wasn't the reason why, uh, that was never my issue as far as like, I wasn't talented enough to play. It was, I had to figure out different ways to getting on the field through the political route when it came to what a lot of people uh, run into being college athletes because after, after high school, when college sports that's the first time you get introduced to the business side of sports um and i had to navigate that side and that was and how well i navigated was a big reason why i even had a shot to play in the nfl is the reason why i got on the field in the first place because i was literally in an environment where they did not want me to play and i had to figure out any any means possible to just get on the field and a lot of it wasn't it had nothing to do with talent if you look at my film or look at the uh my practice film or any of the tapes that I did, you're like, man, I'm I'm more than great enough to play. When it came to doing all the things like showing up first and leaving last and you know, looking at tape and knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing your assignments and being all of that, like I did all that. And I still wasn't playing. Is this the reality that uh politics is a descent is a necessary thing of human nature, you know, like no matter which field you go into, like which industry, it always comes into play. It does. It it does. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to all these systems that are in place, the people that are behind them are people. Like, they're people. People are operating these systems. And you need to learn how people work. You need to learn how to build relationships. You need to know how to navigate uh, these different environments that are controlled by people um, in order to get what you want. And um, that was a big reason why I call it the game, the course, the game within a game. Um, because, you know, it literally is a course about the game literally within this game, the game within the game, as far as like your mind, uh, being a game within a game within life uh, that you're playing. And then as well as in that environment, the game that you're playing within this game is the political game and how to, how to really navigate through that and, and do it in a healthy manner instead of a manner in which I've seen some people, uh, navigate through which has been very unsuccessful because like i said i went into college with 24 i think recruits four of us finished uh everybody else left um i think uh either left i had a couple of people uh go to um uh literally got locked up i had some people get arrested i had some people go to mental institutions because the process in itself is that is that ridiculous it is um and then when I went to the NFL, I came in, I think, with 14 guys. And by my third year, it was me and one one draft pick. Everybody else was gone. Um, and so this is an environment that chews up and spits people out. And it's not something that, you know, you can't, it's not just about talent on the field. Like you have to have an understanding of a lot of different areas. And you have to be very proficient in a lot of areas in order to just stay there. To get there, that's one thing, but to stay there is another. And I felt as if, even though this is all 
these were kind of difficult things for me to understand. After a while, I realized this is something that could be taught to a lot of individuals who are going to go into this environment. And I wanted to help more people succeed. And especially understanding that, you know, when I talk to guys who played in NHL or MLB or NBA, it's the same thing. They, they're, they're navigating the same part and they, they understand all of this. And that's the most important part of this is really this part. And I wanted to make a course that talks about the main parts, the main components of these environments to help more kids actually not just survive this process, but actually thrive during it and afterwards. Because a lot of this, these same people who are controlling these same types of environments, you're going to, the higher you go up in life, you're going to deal with these same types of people and you need to understand how to do it. Um, and have the skill set for it because you really do need to be skilled in more than one area to be actually get to that point. It's not just being able to run fast, jump high, hit hard. It, you know, it takes a lot more than that. No, totally. Yeah. So Reggie, uh, can you tell us uh, at our audience a little bit more about top athlete life and what that is about and give us a glimpse into it? Oh yeah. So um, Top Athlete Life was built off Game Within a Game. It has a lot of the same uh, materials, uh, but just for a different audience. Um, as far as it's like, with, you know, with Top Athlete Life, same thing with Game Within a Game, we're going to help you find uh, your purpose, help you understand your strengths and weaknesses, help you understand how to build, maintain, and cultivate relationships, uh, as well as we're going to help you build a fluid plan for yourself, uh, no matter what environment you're going to go into. Uh, it would really just deep down, just really help you figure out a lot of the different components that are necessarily that are needed to have the mindset necessary for success, to, a mindset that you're going to have if you want to be in the 1% of people like we were and being in an environment, uh, environments that we've went, been in outside of just football, where these are 1% environments, the type of mindset that you need going into this environment and what it's actually going to take to maintain and as well as succeed and you know at the end of the day keep your shit during it because the environments themselves are crazy what what it's going to take to really succeed in these environments is a lot more than you think um but it can be taught and it can be done and people are doing it every day and uh we wanted to teach that with top athlete life as well as game within game awesome where can our audience go to connect with you to like, and also see more of what you're doing? Awesome. So uh, they can check our website out. It's called thegamewithinagame.com. Uh, that's for our student athlete course, the college accredited one that's through Forbes Business School. And then um, the top athlete life, and then uh, topathletelife.com. That's the version for everyone. Um, as far as just like business owners, uh, anybody who's just really trying to understand that athlete, that that one percent mindset, um, they can check that out. And then it also, if they wanted to reach out to me, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Reggie, thank you for coming to our show. Uh, you are an extraordinary American, and you, your mindset and like you, uh, your ability to fight against circumstances to succeed is actually like an inspiration. And I hope our audience gets. Like, 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 well, understood that. And, uh, yeah, I would like, I would love for you to come back to the show at a future time. Oh, no worries. I'd love to. Yeah. I would like to conclude this, uh, show by saying, telling to my fellow extraordinary Americans that, hey, that there is an extraordinary within each and every one of us. 
And it's our job to unleash and empower them. Take care for now. Bye. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching Extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation, and then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.